to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? Today I am drinking, once again, my homegrown chamomile. It's still good after all these months. <laughs> yeah, what are you having? <laughs> well, it's started to get a little warmer out here, so I have moved on to homemade spa water. It's a cucumber and mint from a neighbor's garden because we all know that I can't grow anything. <laughs> a friend kindly gave me her cucumber and mint and mm. and it's just nice and refreshing and yummy. Yummy. Zana, as you'll recall, when we started this podcast, I wrote a list of my top 10 gets. You did. Those people that I most wanted to interview. I didn't because I didn't know anybody. <laughs> you didn't know anybody. And our guest today is at the top of this list. I'm so excited. <laughs> and if you have listened to any of our previous episodes, you may have heard us mention her a time or 20. Right. She is a USA Today bestselling author, playwright, producer of audio plays, and narrator of over 600 audiobooks. She's a seven-time Earphones Award winner and a five-time Audi Award nominee. Her audio play, These Walls Can Talk, which we reviewed in our very first episode. Oh, much fun. Is a 2021 independent audiobook award winner for humor. The Natural History series is her debut trio of romantic comedy novels, including Flintosaurus, Lovebug, and Sharkbait. Flirtosaurus. Flirtosaurus. <gasps> I like Flirtosaurus. <laughs> Lovebug. <laughs> <laughs> and Lovebug and Sharkbait. Uh, she recently released the Natural History novellas, which are extended epilogues to those novels. Her plays have been presented all over the United States. Many are available as audio dramas. Erin Mallon, we are thrilled to welcome you to the show. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for that nice, nice intro. My goodness. Well, to get the bulk of the fangirling out of the way, <laughs> how does it feel to know that you are the de facto patron saint of a podcast? Uh, it feels really, really nice, really nice. And I also grew up extremely Catholic, so I take patron sainting seriously. <laughs> and we mean it seriously. But I, I, I told my husband that you mentioned that I was the patron saint of your podcast, and he's like, what does that mean? I was like, I guess I'll find out. We light a candle for you. Yeah. We, we Oh, nice. Nice. And then I have to perform miracles or something. I have to. <laughs> You've come on our podcast in our first year. <laughs> We've already gotten, you know, the top of my interview gets. I mean, that's that's a miracle I'm all by itself. About it. so. <laughs> that's so, so nice. So nice. And I have properly decorated. So my booth is filled with and you can't see this you get uh, the there's narwhals all over my oh nice i don't have my narwhal in here had i known we were having a narwhal party he joined me this week after independent bookseller day and he was available for sale at my local independent bookstore so he had to uh come and be the mascot of the booth so the narwhal and the reason that we talk about the narwhal at all is because of these walls can talk and it's two sequels that have been put together now in a one hardcover book and made available via a Kickstarter campaign. Yes. <laughs> so at the time that we're recording this episode, the campaign is close to closing. It's just a few days away. I think we can safely say it was very successful. Yes. I so can't how long did it take you to reach your first Kickstarter goal, Erin? 75 minutes, which was really nice. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kickstarter is interesting. I've learned a lot about it. Um, I really studied it and looked at a lot of different campaigns before I launched mine. Because when I first 
started hearing about Kickstarter was over 10 years ago. And sure. I was on, I was, I'm from the theater. And so I was on stage all the time. And most people I knew that were using Kickstarter were basically raising the funds for the plays they wanted to produce, but they didn't have the money up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is quite different. This is, authors are really using it basically as a, a fancy pre-order in a way. Right, um, right. Once you hit that first funding goal, you're going to get everything that you're funding. So you're basically mm-hmm. buying books and merch and fun rewards and all this cool stuff directly from the author. So I found the whole thing really empowering and really creative. Um, it's I don't I don't know that I'll do one on this scale again anytime soon. Um, right. it, it's really working well for this project, I think, for specific reasons. But I'll I'll do it again. It's opening up ideas for different ways I can get books out into the world. I've enjoyed seeing the extra things as you hit different levels and like the sticker level and, you know, that kind of thing. And Yeah. So, it's kind of theatrical, and, which is perfect. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. 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 It really is. And the artwork is fantastic. Yes. Star Wars. Yeah. I decided I wanted to play with the, the whole trilogy element and what are the famous trilogies that people know and love and it's Star Wars comes to mind immediately. So... Um, I made sure I'm not going to get sued or anything, so there's no, it doesn't say Star Wars on it anywhere, and um, the fonts are similar but different enough, and so, yeah. Yes. But it's been really fun yes. and playful. I have to say, Erin, that the reason that I suggested These Walls Can Talk to Xana in the first place was because I was watching the live stream last year in uh, Love in Vegas, and... I had been listening to audiobooks for a while, but not really connecting the narrators as, you know, other than, okay, this is a book I wanted to read because of this author, not really following the audiobooks as I want to follow this narrator and and listen to what they're reading or what they're performing. And These Walls Can Talk changed that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so now it's just like, okay, what are these folks working on? Oh, there's a new to me narrator, but it's connected with a narrator I already know or an author I already know. So now I'm going to check them out. And it just grew from that. So I love hearing that. So thank you for that. Of course. And also the live stream introduced us to Samantha Brentmore, Mm -hmm. uh, who's been interviewed on this podcast. And thank you for that as well. Yeah, of course. She was a blast. Yep. Maxine Mitchell and Emma Wilder were not able to be there in Las Vegas. And I have to say, a great pitch hitter. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it all it all worked out really, really well. And it was a very joyful day. It was mm-hmm. so it was so cool to see all both on the live stream and in person, just people really taking ownership of these plays because I wrote them about us. It I always meant for this to be like an uplifting of our community because as you know not every niche of the publishing industry has the respect for the romance genre that we do and um, it was important to me to show all the fun and all the love and all the passion and also poke fun and have fun you know being a little saucy with each other and laughing at ourselves as well as celebrating ourselves (laughs) we love the saucy yeah oh yes (laughs) Anybody who has 
listened to it knows immediately that it's a love letter to other narrators, to the romance genre, to the fans, yeah, uh, to just the whole industry around it. That in itself is a wonderful celebration. And so the live stream is available as one of the perks on the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm excited about because, again, full disclosure, I have participated in the Kickstarter. I'm so excited to get to see the live stream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm yeah. excited about it, and I'm really excited to see the live stream because she's talked about it endlessly, and I've listened to the radio <laughs> plays. Of, well, I just listened to the, the full thing again today. It was even better this time for me because I, as much as I loved it the last time, I was 100% brand new to the genre, and I hadn't really read anything. I hadn't really listened to any romance audiobooks. It was, it's so much fun. I mean, it's just, it's so joyful, like you said. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you before you you sort of just answered is being that These Walls Can Talk was your first romance. I mean, it's a comedy audiobook, right? But it's about. It's a comedy, right. But it, it was a nice ease me into the romance thing because it definitely had the romance elements, but it's also, you know, clearly comedy and in hilarious comedy at that. Thank you. And I bet the second time around, you the jokes probably landed on you in a different way. They landed a lot better. Yeah. And not that they didn't land before. They did land before, but they there was much more a, oh, oh, I see yeah. what they're talking about now. <laughs> well, and I think part of the fun of it, I, I hope anyone can listen to it um, and enjoy it. But with romance listeners, they're the ones that are reaching out to me and saying, you wrote Vera about me. That's that's me. I'm Vera. <laughs> and were you in my brain when you did this? And oh, my gosh. Um, and I just think it's fun for people to see themselves in something. Although I do have one tiny, tiny little bone to pick with you. Oh, and no. Here yes. we go. Let's do it. Pick away. Niffer. What about her? That whole little section about how... Uh, Jennifer is is dates you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's that puts you in the age, and I just uh-huh. my hackles went up just a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I hear you. I mean, my hackles went up too, but it's Atticus. You know, he's gonna yeah, he's gonna say some stuff, and and when you're the writer, you can't Jen, be afraid. She's not wrong. Yeah, she's. <laughs> I know. I yeah, know. And I know. <laughs> someone said the exact same thing to me the other day. Not in Atticus's, you know, fun words, but about the name Aaron. They're like, you sort of know how old an Aaron is because no one's naming their kids Aaron right now. Um, and you know, when I grew up, I think Aaron's a great name. Well, thanks. Yeah. And Jennifer is too. Um, but yeah, you don't often absolutely. meet um, Nancys or Carols that are being born right now. No. You know that a Nancy no. or a Carol is. Probably, I don't know, 40, 50. Like. And nobody's naming any kid Karen right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> Karen's, Karen's taking a breather probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I do have to say that I do know, uh, I do happen to know a, a Jennifer in the romance community who is uh, at about 30. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so she's just outside of it. But uh but she does call herself um, on the online community that that I know her from. She calls herself Niffer. Oh, so fun! You 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 can take that. <laughs> I like that so much. Yeah, I tried I tried out Niffer because I was always trying to change 
my name, you know, seemed every other Jennifer that I knew all had their, they could use their middle initial or, Mm -hmm, you know, something mm -hmm. or or use their middle name. I tried on Niffer for about five minutes, I think, Zana, (laughs) right? And then we just decided you're not a Niffer. Niffer. No, it didn't work. No. I love that you brought up a little bone to pick because it's a good way for me to talk about certain things about writing that um, playwrights, writers, authors, we can get so shy about our characters because I don't want you to think that I think that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Right. I'm the one that wrote it. But you have to be brave as a writer and you have to show all different sides of humanity and you have to show characters that say stupid shit and, and say stuff that can be offensive sometimes because this is the world and also we're exaggerating right this is satire right. so you're taking right. it and you're stretching so uh, another example yeah an example that um that i have a bone to pick with myself um is i, I forget which one um it's in but it's when it's when atticus um when frankie sees that he has his arm around women and pictures um and he says something about yeah, that's the second one. Okay, yeah, and he says something about. I just um, listened to it today. <laughs> yeah, so it's fresh for you. He says something about middle-aged women, and I knew as I was writing it that no one likes that. I mean, I probably am middle-aged, but like no one likes that phrase. And Atticus would be the one to say it, um, and so he said it, and um, <laughs> and um, in Vegas. Like the whole room yes. went, oh, middle oh, And I actually yeah. took a moment you to apologize. Watch everybody tense. It yeah. Was, it was, and I was like, very hilarious, but. And I thought I, I was tensing right it. along with them. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the Karen thing, too. I, when, the, I think it's Niffer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Niffer. She's talking about a review. Um, Karen from somewhere leaves her this really right. hurtful review. And, um, and Neil, Teddy Hamilton's character, says, She's she's like, oh, do you know her? And he says, they're all named Karen. Now, I wrote that in 2020. And it was it was before this whole Karen explosion um, of what it means to be a Karen. And it's unfortunate that that's the the name that I chose, because I'm not trying to make a statement there. I'm not trying to make a Karen thing. I wish I could go back. I guess I could go back and change it. But I was like, hmm, why did I land on that? That was not the name. I didn't know it was about to have a huge I, I think, moment. So I think back in 2020, though, that was already sort of in. I think it was like percolating. Yeah, it was yeah. becoming a thing. Yeah. It was not as big of a thing as it is now, but it is. it, it was certainly in the lexicon. It was starting, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, you know, it, and no matter what name you chose, there was going to be there was going to be somebody with a bone to pick. <laughs> oh, yeah. People, and, people do reach out, like um, in my The Natural History novellas that I put out a couple months ago, someone posted a nice thing about how much they were enjoying it and said, but I'm wondering if I pissed Aaron off because there's like a an unsavory character at one point with her name. And she's in, she's in my reader's group and she even checked to see if she was the only one with that name in my reader's group. And I'm like, honestly, like... My friend, no, you, I will never do like passive aggressive right? stuff like that. <laughs> um, there are only so many names in the world and they're right. all going to pop up. Right. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I felt like I did have to just say a moment for, for all of the Jennifers that I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are a lot of them. We've, ta- we've talked <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of Jennifers. 
<laughs> of course. We were talking about that Atticus is the one who says it, Atticus Barnswallow, who's, of course, voiced by Joe Arden. And in addition to These Walls Can Talk and the Natural History series, you've written a number of plays that are available in audiobook form, including the Bromantic Comedies, which I absolutely loved. So some of your frequent co-narrators are on there, including Joe Arden, Shane East, Jason Clark, Teddy Hamilton, and all of them were in These Walls Can Talk. I have to ask, how do you get these guys to agree to read your frequently embarrassing but always hilarious words? I guess you have to ask them because all I do is ask and they say yes. They can turn me down at any time. <laughs> Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, the romantic comedies alone, I listened to it a couple of times, actually, just to make sure that I heard what I heard. And the stuff that you get them to do is just, well, I mean, I suppose that it helps that all of the all of those guys, because they read romance, it automatically sort of makes them a little more fearless, I guess. So they're willing to go out on that ledge with you. And so they always just say an automatic yes. Uh, so far, so far. Maybe I'll, yeah. pu- maybe I'll push them too far at some point. I don't know. But um, <laughs> they're, for the most part, they're all trained uh, theater actors as well. So we, most of us have a few decades now of practice uh, being open and available and brave. And m- many of us have been narrating for so long that we love something new and fresh. So, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of, we're narrating a ton of romance and there's so much variety in it, but it's still the same genre every day. So I think when someone offers us something different and we get to play different kinds of characters, it's um, it's exciting. And like Shane East, for example, because he has this beautiful British accent and he's got just this sensibility about him, he tends to get certain kinds of roles. So I told him recently, actually, you'll hear it if you um, if you got the bonus interview, if you will get the bonus interview for the These Walls Can Talk trilogy. We talk about it, and I we're laughing and saying that I got to write him something completely different um, where he gets to be really just cheeky and, like, cute and just... Because yeah, he, they cast him as a, a serious bloke. And uh, he's he's got more in him that wants to come out, I think. I think that you did right by him, giving him the character of Cameron in These Walls Can Talk, because he got to do things that I don't think that any author has asked him to do, or at least nothing that I have listened to yet. <laughs> it's wonderful to get to hear that side of all of them. Yeah. And not just the guys, but Andy Arndt and Emma Wilder and Maxine Mitchell. All of them get to you know, expand and explore all of this broader comedy. And it's great to hear it. And you yourself have narrated over 600 titles. Mm -hmm. And a few of them we have mentioned on the show, including Bend Toward the Sun by Jen Devon, which we recently interviewed uh, Jen Devon. Nice. You've done novels by Amy Dawes, Lauren Blakely, Pippa Grant. Uh, I I mean, I could go on because I looked through the Audible titles just to see if there were ones that were more frequent than others, but you've got quite a range. So what do you enjoy most about narrating as opposed to writing? It's my training um, to take someone else's work and let it move through me and be alive. You know, that's 
that's such a joy when you see something on a piece of paper and you know an author or a playwright has put so much of themselves into it and then they trust you with it. They they give that to you. It's a gift. It's uh, And so my job is to stay very open and emotionally available to it and really bring the story forward. So it is a performance, I think, but the performance aspect there should never be this sense of like, look at me, listen to me. Like you need to give the story what it's asking for. And every story is a little different. So I don't want to be woo-woo about it, but you you just have to connect to that material. And that material, especially when it's very good, is going to tell you how it needs to be played. I think the the opposite of that is when a narrator or an actor gets all these ideas and then they want it implement those. They want to push those ideas on a story. And I think that's when you feel that disjointed, something's not working here. Um, and when it is that beautiful marriage of narrator and and text, I think it comes from the narrator staying open um, and generous and being connected to the author. Different narrators have said on social media in interviews with us that they have preferences for the different types of narration, whether it's, you know, duet, dual, solo narration. Do you have a preference given given your theater background? Is is it more duet or is it dual? I, I really like the variety of it. Um, we do spend so much time alone in these little dark booths. Um, yes. So I wouldn't say I get lonely. I really love my alone time and I have three little kids. And when I'm in here, it's Everyone knows that mommy needs to work, and I do love that solitary nature of what I do. And also, when I get to team up with someone and actually bounce energy, like with These Walls Can Talk, for example, it was nine of us for the last one, all in different booths all across the country. We had some people in L.A., some people in New York, um, some people in the South, Michigan, and we all could, we were working at the same time separately but together and hearing each other and really doing audio theater and that's when you say something in a certain way and it messes with me and then I mess with you and it becomes this game. I think theater should feel like a game Um, and I think you can hear that in that audio that everyone's playing with each other. Oh definitely there's a lot of play going on yeah. So yeah I like a variety. There's play in the the play. (laughs) There's play in the play for sure. Yes yes. (laughs) When it's in the live stream, and I've and I've talked about this in previous episodes, that you can see everybody playing together mm-hmm. on that live stream, mm-hmm. and and that you could see Joe reacting to something that Shane said, and Tanya's reacting to something that Samantha said, you know, and and it, it's just like it was live theater, yeah. even though do, you were doing a play that was only meant for audio originally and and I think that it's it's fantastic that you got to work together in that way because yeah you had you said you had originally written this in 2020 when what everything everything had shut down so this was just a way to connect with people not exactly sharing it was a way of connecting but I wrote it in January of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. So So before the world shut down. Yeah. So it was always my intention for the first one to be a play, a theater play that you could come and you could see. And I would still love to see that happen. I would love to see different theaters doing it. um, And I think it would be great fun. So I had a reading of it 
the first weekend of February 2020. And we had a, it was in New York City and we had a great theater full of people and everyone was laughing and it was really a joyful day. And then as we know, the the next month, everything shut down. So I knew that uh, when I'd see it on stage was completely nebulous and I didn't know when theaters yeah. would open again. And so, and we didn't know how long lockdown was going to last. So I just asked my, my buddies um, which is amazing and weird to me that they weren't the first people in my mind when I was writing it. Um, I write, <laughs> I wrote it for theater actors um, that I know and love in the city. And uh, yeah, but so I reached out to Joe and Andy and Shane and it, then it became like the roles were always theirs. Um, and so then it when I wrote... It certainly seems like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, then, they all fit, you know, who they were cast as. It absolutely. Absolutely. I remember in the beginning not knowing, because a- Andy actually came to that first reading in New York. She came up and she read stage directions. So what you hear me doing in the first one, she did um, on, on for the stage reading. And then when I was casting it, I was like thinking, is it is Andy Vera or should she be Jennifer? And it's so funny to think that way now. I'm like, I think she's Vera. And then it all just fell into place. But then for the second and the third, I wrote it specifically for audio and specifically for those actors. So These Walls Can Talk too is quite a bit longer than the first one. You, you don't want like a three-hour play, usually a comedy. It's going to be... So it's meant for audio. Yeah. But it's been quite a ride. Quite a ride. And then, of course, in the third one, uh, Rise of the Machine, mm-hmm. it's Jason Clark added to the mix. And he does an incredible job as Artie Smarts. Yes. It brought up the idea of talking about AI narration. And now that has been a bigger topic of conversation, uh, yeah. AI being everywhere. We have already done a bonus episode on this. And so our listeners already know our <laughs> our thoughts Stance. on all of this. Do you have anything that you want to say about AI and where that's going right now? Yeah, sure. It's happening, right? It's it's happening. It is a thing. And it's going to continue being a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I am not someone that you'll hear being scared and thinking like my industry's over and my career's over. You're not going to hear that from me. Um, and that's because when, when movies were starting to be made, theater didn't stop. Theater right. wasn't over. Right. Um, right. When TV started happening, do you know, like radio wasn't over. Um, and so there are always going to be people that value stories written and told by human beings. And I'll try to say this completely non-judgmentally. I hope I can. Those are the people that I want to create things for. Sure. No offense to anyone that wants to read a book written by a robot. That's cool. That's your prerogative. That might be interesting and fun and an escape for you. But I'm of the mindset that we are here on this planet to truly live and connect. And uh, it's not part of my plan to bond with robots. I'd rather be with you beautiful fleshy humans. So <laughs> I I agree. Um I and I think that the conclusion that we came to was that AI does have its place. Sure. Um you know, it's not it's not that we're uh disparaging the technology completely, uh but also 
uh, human storytelling is the first art form yeah. and it belongs to humanity. So that's... Uh, and yeah. humanity is all we have. It is. Well, that's why, um, spoiler alert, the end of the These Walls Could Talk 3, they're literally around a campfire telling stories yeah. like the ancient yep. people yeah. did and how we learned to communicate with each other. And that was an image that I was really important to me. And even hearing a bit of the crackling fire and the soundscape. And, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's the stuff that... Yeah. So I'm not worried. It, I'm not worried because I don't I don't do that. I I I, I believe in in humanity and I also believe we can move forward with technology and maintain who we are. And uh that's what I'm going to try to do. That sounds like a very good idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and being human beings as we are, we can make mistakes. For most of the narrators that that we've talked to, there's a word, a phrase <laughs> that will trip them up. Uh, yeah. Do you have one? Of course. There's so this is a two part question. Uh-huh. Do you have a word or phrase that trips you up, and has it ever come in your writing where you then narrated it and thought, "Why did I say that? Yeah. I'm saying that word, yeah. you know." So, uh, what is your word or phrase? In an attempt. Ooh. In an ooh. attempt. It's it should be in okay. An but you can get caught on it and be like in an in an in an and you just get on a roll. In an in an in an in an in an yeah. In an attempt. In an in an attempt. In an attempt to do something different. And have you ever used it in your writing and then and then caught yourself? I've caught myself in the writing um and thought, uh you you struggle with that one, but I it was the way it needed to be phrased. So I was like, sure, yeah. you've been sure. through it before. You could do it again. Um, another one is edited, edited it. If someone edited uh-huh. it, edited it. Um, and a really weird one, Lily. The word Lily. Lily. Yeah. If um, really. Yeah. It and it surprises me every time. It gets stuck in my throat. Lily. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. just before we started talking to you, Jen and I were talking about the calla lily that's outside of her. Calla lily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah at, outside of her window. And I, I can't remember which one of us stumbled on it. but it, That's it, funny. Calla it, lily. It's a lot. Yeah. One, one of us, probably me, it's usually me, stumbled on calla lily. Yeah. So I, I got it that time. <laughs> Going back to These Walls Can Talk on uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you gave away as your top tier perk yeah. was to write for whoever whoever got that tier and write plays for them. How has that been? Because I know that the, that tier has already sold out at the time of the recording and that you have already done a little bit of that. So how was that? I am so excited about it. I'm so excited. I wasn't sure if people would be interested, but I knew it was something that would be kind of a once in a lifetime collaborative idea. And one of my very favorite things on the planet is to write for specific actors. So when I'm writing a play, I'm almost always casting it in my mind first. Even if I can't ultimately cast those people, I'm not talking about like celebrities. I'm not like that, but actual people that I know and love and want to write for. And 
I I just realized over time that so many people have been so supportive of this project, and I learned in Las Vegas that they know these characters and this world so deeply that I thought it would be fun to give them an opportunity to be part of it. So I made it a limit of 10 um, because they're going to be 10-minute plays, and they all sold out. So this summer I'm going to write 10-minute plays for these specific people. So how it'll work is... I will interview that person. And some people have teamed up, so it'll be a couple people in a play, and they split yeah, the Yeah, you tier. got a couple of groups, right? Yeah, which I think is so smart, and I was actually hoping people would do that because it's it's quite expensive, but it's... See? Uh, yeah, we should have done that, so Dana. Close. I was, there, <laughs> I was so close. I was so close. I was like... <laughs> the stretch goal perks were... So I didn't know that those were going to be on there, but I was so glad that they are hey, because... Hey. She's a sticker queen. Oh, good. I collect a huge amount of stickers, so I'm looking forward to the stickers. I'm also looking forward to the art um, of all of the characters. Yes. And because I had seen pictures of those from Vegas, wanted them so badly, Mm -hmm. and knew that they were not available anywhere. So the the fact that those were on stretch goals was just, yay, I got all the stuff I wanted. Oh, I'm so (laughs) glad. I'm so glad. Amazing. And you had just recently come back from a Polycon, uh, is that right? Yes, I was in a Polycon last weekend, which was so great. Um, I had done it the year before as well, um, but there was something that shifted this year, it feels like. Um, It was great last year, but this year the the energy was just so, like, juicy and happy, and everyone just wanted to be there. And what I really loved, so many of the people that attend – are willing and wanting to find new to them authors. So, so many would just come, yeah, they would just come right up to your table and say, what book of yours do you recommend? Where should I start? And it was just a really good energy the whole weekend. I had a great time. Those are excellent tips for for you if you're going to a book convention to to walk up to people and and ask those questions. Oh yeah, Yeah, we wanna hear that, absolutely. They're willing to talk to you and, and they are, they are ready to tell you all about their books. Absolutely. Yeah. Because for so many years, I have read romance novels as a solo activity. Mm. You know, there was not a community about it. Right. And it's only recently, actually since 2020, that I've discovered the community aspect of it. That's cool. It's taken the, the reading and my enjoyment of it and listening to a whole new level. So awesome. Your work was a big starter for me. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you so much, Erin, for being Gosh. on the podcast. This for is being such our a de facto pleasure. patron saint. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a beautiful responsibility if I'm a de facto patron saint. Like, mm, yes. there's something I've got to do to bless the podcast. I don't know. I'll like when I see you, I'll bring like well, holy water or something. <laughs> it's getting sacrilegious now. Uh. <laughs> Well, you have definitely blessed us by being on the show. Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you for having me. We thank you for joining us today. Links to all of Erin's projects that we talked about today, as well as where to find Erin on social media, can be found in the show notes for this episode on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. Follow us on social media and wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing and leave us a review. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Cup and Saucy Books, and we're on Twitter as Cup N, the letter N, Saucy Books. Thank you again for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. 
Join us next time in our new weekly format for a chat with a special guest from the world of books. And probably even more tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.